just when things looked bleak, all hope seemed lost, out he came, and he drags victory from the jaws of defeat. I mean, that story is as old as the first story ever told or written. As far back as history goes, there have been heroes that saved the day. We love our heroes. We're going to look today how much we need our heroes, but, you know, heroes act in a way that all of us could aspire to. It's one of the things that makes them heroes. Heroes don't have to be, even be real. They can be a legend. They can be a made-up individual. They can be um, an individual that was real, but has suddenly become more than real. Because heroes always acted in a certain way. You know, it did really matter if there was super strength involved or just the strength of the hero's convictions. The hero prevails against all the odds to win the day. Sometimes heroes died. They gave everything they had in order to triumph over evil. Whether the hero was real or based on real or complete fabrication, the story of the hero always made our hearts swell. It put cheer in our throat. Yes! Even if it was a sports hero and all he was doing was getting a ball to a certain line. Somehow it gave us hope. Looking for a hero to believe in and emulate seems built into every human being. But what happens when the leaders of a culture begin to sneer at bravery and begin to sneer at heroes? What if all the heroes are systematically erased? Or worse, debased and then erased? What happens when that giant part of humankind as we know it What happens when that part of our psyche is left in a vacuum? What happens to hope? Inclinations toward bravery, courage to face adversity. Maybe when there are no more heroes, that will be the end of humankind as we know it? I don't think so. Because somehow I don't think heroes can be done away with so easily. Even if there's a side that really wants to get rid of all the heroes and get and put every effort into it. Nah, I'm sorry. They're trying. I don't think they can do it. I don't think a bunch of panty waste like our nastily politically correct overlords could even do in one single real hero. There will always be a white hat. There will always be a cavalry behind the hill and an avenging angel pulling his sword. You know, I want to talk more about this, but first I think I need to throw a little wood on the fire and, you know, you might want to sit a little closer because it's getting dark out there. You have found the frequency of the Enemy Patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. All right. Welcome to the fire of the enemy patrol. You know, the whole concept of who and what we are, our heroes really do define us. 
It doesn't matter if it's protecting yourself from a radiation surge in the asteroid belt or the hail of arrows from a despotic king. Heroes always stand and show us how to fight. I guess I should introduce myself. I am the Anomic Ranger, and I want to welcome you to the fire of the enemy patrol. I consider myself a reality scout. In other words, I look at things, I think about things, and then I tell you what I see. I mean, as a scout, I can give you that information. I can give you the lay of the land. But you are the general in your own campaign. You have to make all your own decisions. I don't stand responsible for any of them. I just tell you what I think. So if you want to know more, you can subscribe so you don't uh, miss one of these enemy patrol reports. Um, you can have a look at my website. You can find me at anomicranger.com. Um, there is a, a way to, to be able to email on that site. Um, or you can send me a direct email. I'll just give you an address right now. It's animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. That's anime with I-E, patrolhq at yahoo.com. And if you like what I write or what I podcast, well, give me a good rating. I've heard that if the more five-star ratings you get, the better, and the more people that um, write in and give good reviews, the better that helps to so other people can find this but most importantly what i always say is like you must know somebody that could it's like hey just hey you should listen to this guy maybe he'll calm you down or you should listen to this guy maybe he'll wake you up i'm up for both i've done both anyway we were talking about how our heroes define us I guess I should say kind of how I'm breaking this down because, and I should do a big, uh, like woohoo, because this is season two, episode one of the enemy patrol. That's right. I've called the death of heroes is the name. And this is the very first episode. And I've broken season two down into three very simple things. How did we get here? Where are we going? And what am I supposed to do? I like those. I think those break down well. So what am I doing talking about heroes? Why talk about heroes right now? I mean, things are rocketing downhill. There's this, the, the jab, and they're, they're putting people in camps in Australia, and the, they're this is happening here and that's happening there. Just like, okay, okay, yeah, calm down. <clears throat> because, you know, you can watch Yubu videos of snowballs melting in hell all night if you want to. I mean, you, you can find that stuff. It just, it just goes just more and more and more of it. I guess this is why at this point we ask ourselves, how did we get here? did we get here 
Well, it's kind of like going broke. I forget which writer said that. It's like, well, first uh, slowly and then all at once. Um, that's how we got here. And I will say right now, and that's why I'm talking about heroes, because we gave up our heroes way too easily. We let them be pilloried. We let them be made fun of. We should, should have stood by them. We got the last little taste of that with, with, with Trump. And, you know, it's like he was hailed as a hero. And it's like, no, really, Trump is not that great of a hero, really. I mean, he, in, in context of everything, I guess he is. He spoke up against the mainstream media. He, you know, he's, he's done some things. Like, he, like he, he's got a good turn of phrase, he's, but he's rough and he's gruff. But he looks a pretty big hero when you light him up next to everybody else. There's just no getting around it. But when I say we gave up our heroes too easily, I'm not talking about, um, well, I will be talking about Indiana Jones and, and um, um, Dirty Harry and, you know, those kind of heroes. I mean, we, we got to have to take a look at them. But the heroes I'm talking about are the ones that, figured out how to um, not have a revolution every 10 years and kill a bunch of people. It's kind of important. It's like the um, Western world figured out how to do a combination of law and and um, voting and the right groups and the checks and the balances, and they figured it out how to actually keep a government from going despotic. And now it's like, everybody's just rushing headlong into no please give us give us a despotic government please and both sides are asking to be saved from something else and it, it yeah it's hard to take we 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 gotta get past this we gotta cooler heads must prevail but anyway i'm i'm getting beyond myself here how did we get here we gave up our heroes too easily. It, you know, it really has started in the universities. And that's where it really started. They started teaching stuff and it's just like, you know, we just kind of thought that the kids would figure it out and the rest of the world would kind of smooth it out. And these idiots in the universities, you know, running around these, these, um, you know, kind of communist, weirdo type people would just kind of um you know burn themselves up at the universities and nobody would pay them much attention but that turns out not to be the case they took over everything and i think when the first when we first noticed it when it was when they came for the comedians you know the pilloried for jokes like the comedians they're telling jokes right so, of course, they're going to be rude to everybody. All comedians are. I don't think there's... A, if there's a person on this world that says, you know what, a comedian has never picked on me for who I am. Well, you can feel sorry for that person because they must be so odd because comedians pillory everybody. They go after everybody. They go after the king. They go after the poor. They go after every skin color. They, they used to. They don't anymore. That's been killed. You can't even have jokes anymore. 
But anyway, soon after the comedians, then it was the actors and the writers and every, all the rest. It was like every piece of work that come out, every book that was read, every talk show host, every, it was just all the way down to Madison Avenue. And it's like, it's a standing joke. Everybody knows it. It's a meme. And yet it doesn't seem to matter anymore. And that's like, get woke, go broke. I mean, everybody's tried it. Uh, Madison Avenue's tried it. Um, Hollywood's tried it. You know, just do the whole woke thing. Go all the way. Like, listen to your your uh, your what would you say your your group or whatever, and just make something. Oh, this should work because this is what's the future. And so they make something, or they make a movie, or they do a talk show, and it just fails utterly. And it's like. Well, that's just because all the rubes out there, all the people that are not woke. It's a weird thing we've got ourselves into. But anyway, they all toe the line. And they're all trying to build the society that actually doesn't work. But you know, we were talking about heroes, and the first heroes to go down was the front line. It's the people we rely on. And we do think of them as heroes, you know, like healthcare workers, although it got stupid after a while. It was like, oh, when the pandemic first started, it was like, oh, line up and bang pots, you know, and in support of all these nurses and stuff. Meanwhile, they're so freaking bored. They're making YouTube videos or TikToks or whatever of, you know, dancing and all that crap. Totally went against the story, but it nobody noticed. Supposedly these hospitals were just like, they were just so overworked that, you know, the workers were crawling around in the hallways trying to find five minutes to nap and they hadn't anything to eat for 48 hours and yada, 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 yada. Meanwhile, there's all these TikTok videos coming out. It's like, yeah, okay. Anyway, I'm getting beyond the story here. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. I got nothing bad to say about them. And just because they were used in a story that wasn't quite real, doesn't say anything. I mean, if you talk to any one of those nurses or doctors, they would say, well, it was the other hospitals. Because they had to believe that there were hospitals compromised somewhere. But anyway. Uh, So yeah, but then you know what really funny then there's zeros the next minute because suddenly they they're looking at the jab and they're realizing there's people getting bad things with the jab they've been around people with covid for a long time and they've got at them they're sure they had it so now they're pretty sure they got antibodies they're immune that used to be good enough you know if you just said no i've had it all right not now what changed? Used to be good enough. I, I you can go with the same thing with um, the police. You know, police... It's like they've done this whole thing, the anti-police thing, and yet I do understand a little bit how that come from. I mean, they've been militarizing the police. There's, you know, stories, it doesn't matter whether it's race or not. You hear a story about... Oh, they're going to do a dr- no-knock drug raid and they throw a, a flashbang in a window and it lands in a baby's crib and, you know, blows half the face off the baby. 
Like really? To what? Stop weed? It doesn't really matter what throwing a flashbang into a crib. Sorry. I don't care what you're trying to stop. It can't do as bad as that. Anyway, I don't want to digress too far. I guess what it comes down to is and we got to ask ourselves about heroes. Because, you know, talking about police or doctors or whatever, it's like, okay, so we we instill all, or we put all this stuff in there. We put all these laws in. You got to be jabbed. You got to be this. And so people leave. And so what are you left with? Well, you're left with the people that, you know, really believe in medicine, of course. But you also have a lot of people, and it, especially when you get away from the medical industry, you end up with a lot of people that just, well, they just didn't because, well, what the hell, get the jab. A lot of grifters too. I'll bet you there's a lot of guys that won't get the jab, but they'll find paperwork or whatever to, I don't even want to talk about that because that'll just mean the government has to track down even more and pretty soon they'll want to stamp it on my, I don't know, my right hand or my forehead possibly. That's the problem about heroes. You gotta ask yourself, what is a hero? You know, there's there's people that you know you think are good people. You talk to them, you you know do everything. Especially think like a politician. You know, think of of a compromised hero, a guy that you know, and he's got a good wife, he's got a family, he's a blah 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 blah, and so he starts getting into politics, and they start out with great intentions, and I know of a few that you know kind of come up through, but then somehow they're going with the program, and all I can think of is wow you were on the right track and then everything changed after that party you had on the island. How many of them? Hundreds. So what is a hero? That's a problem. That's why all heroes now, even fictional ones are, they're beginning, they're, they're being sneered at and then they're taunted. And finally, they're destroyed. I mean, it's like Superman is gay and women can be ghostbusters or you're a hater. Like, why take over all the stuff that all, like, if if being all uh, woke is so wonderful, then there should be a plethora of ideas and a spring of concepts and, and joy of being woke that should just spring up movies and and no they should be able to bring back <sighs> when you call it movies where they sing or whatever they should be able to bring those back i mean it's just it should be so awesome now that everybody's you know the rainbow's all accepted and everything should be wonderful As far as I'm concerned, don't tell anybody, but in my mind, there are only three Star Wars movies. 
when the first one came out in 1977. Shh, don't say anything. That's a little weird. Anyway, are you bailing when I'm swathing? This is a wholesale attack on the very concept of a hero. Heroes are being scrubbed. I don't think a bunch of psychos in a smoke-filled room coordinated at all. Let me just, just put this in as a teaser. Let me just throw this in as a seed. See what you think. There's this book in the Bible called Ephesians. It was Paul writing to the Ephesians, and he said this to them. He said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's quite the statement when you think about it. You know, I think I'm just going to let that one ride just right where it is. I'm sure we'll get back to it. But you just think about that. You know, a lot of people say, well, wow, you got to be wearing a pretty thick tinfoil hat to realize and think that all this stuff gets coordinated. Like all these guys get together and they, you know, what do they do? Phone one another? Do they, what do they do to coordinate this attack against good things and bad things rule and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's, people, how we got here. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us right at, okay, where are we going? We now have an entire generation of people who do nothing but question who they are. Let me back up. I'm going to say that one more time. Pay attention. We now have an entire generation of people who do nothing but question who they are. You see, they have no heroes. Or at least none that aren't under constant attack. I mean, from when the child is young, his father is, is, is attacked. Now even his very fairy tales are attacked. Oh, you got to make sure everything's right up to, you know, scratch as far as, I don't know what, screwing up a kid. And they are looking to screw the next generation even harder than the last one and the one before. All this gender crap. You know, I think something that everybody really needs to understand. This is not a phase. This is not a style. This is not something that's just going to blow over. It's not going to work that way. 
these psychos that actually believe in this stuff, like critical race theory and, and, the, and the, all the different flavors of homosexuality. I don't, I don't know what you, maybe that's a bad term, homosexuality. I don't know. All this sexual perversion, I'll just call it that. Whether it's how you identify or who you want to be with. These psychos are not going to go away. They're serious. Okay. The best that you can do. I mean, and, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're promoting, you know, hatred and you want to do violence. It's like, no, actually I don't. I just, most people up till now have looked at people like that. that weren't sure if they were a man or a woman and they weren't sure who they wanted to be with. And you realized if they went with the wrong gender, they were never going to be a family until, unless they adopted or something. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's sad somehow. I feel sorry for them. That's the way most people felt. But it's not going to blow over. Most of the people you meet in day-to-day are just controlled. That's what they are. They want to keep their job. They want to travel. They want a virtue signal. They want people to think they're a good person. They, they believe in science. And that's the way we sit right now. We sit with about a third of our society that is aware of how things are going we we're with about a third of our society that is against that third like they're really focused on them like wow that's the enemy and then we have a third that's just like wants to sleepwalk through it all it's pretty much where we stand but having a third of people woke up is not a bad thing it comes down to motivation at that point but unfortunately, if things keep going this way, it's like this whole th- jab thing, I think it's wearing out. And the powers that be, I'm going to call them that, the powers that be, the elites, I think they're going to unle- unleash hell on this entire population. I think they're just getting started. They're just going to send wave after wave after wave until we can find them and wipe them out. They have or stop their they have levers we got to stop their levers i know and then a lot of has to do with money and everything but somebody's got to figure that out and stop that because these people should not be ruling they're doing harm that's going to get really bad and <clears throat> i don't know that's one scenario the truth is we have really actually have no idea what's in store for us. Best anyone can do is paint some scenarios, you know, like computer models. But have them in your very own human brain. You ever thought about that? You know, they throw computer module models at us all the time, like with the weather. And they threw computer models at us like, oh, this is how COVID-19 could go. Remember those? Oh, 15 days flatten the curve. Remember those? Those are all computer models. They're all BS, just like the, the weather one. It's the same way. It's all BS. 
They have no idea. They punch numbers in, they get numbers out. Screw them. Have your very own computer model in your very own brain. Your brain is as good as most of the computers. And maybe you can't crunch numbers as fast. Yes, they always have that. They always have, that's what it always comes down to numbers. It's like, take for instance, the whole concept of chess, right? And that was a big thing for a long time. It was like, can a computer beat a human at chess? Well, it eventually the computer did beat a human at chess, but it doesn't mean anything. Because the human could think outside the box, could think in terms of like 300 moves. And the only way the computer could do it was grind through. It had to look at every single possible move for every piece in the millions and millions and millions. And then sort it out. The human brain can sort it down to a few hundred, no problem. Just without even, without even burping. But yes, eventually when you can grind down every single possible move, you can get a computer that can beat a human at a game. But that's not life. That's a game. So... It turns out your brain is very good. It's a very complex computer. And it can surpass most computer tasks because it can take into, into concept things that a computer can't even, doesn't even have a logarithm for. Emotions, love, passion. Gumption. Yeah. Try and program that into a computer. Try and program in uh, grit. True grit. Try and program that into a computer. I just, I dare you. Yeah. Even computers even have a hard time with something like driving. Like they're talking about self-driving cars. And yes, they've had them. We've already had wrecks and everything. It's like, there's no way. I mean, yes, a drunk, stupid person is a idiot driver and I would rather a computer try and drive at that point, but that doesn't say anything. So in this world, we are tasked with chewing the meat and spitting out the bones. And that's what we do here around the fire of the enemy patrol. We are here to try and adapt and overcome. And yes, we get to this point and it's to beg the question, what am I supposed to do? You know, I've always said that this is the hardest part of being a reality coach. 
Up till now, you know, we can talk society. We can talk politics, philosophy, even religion. That's easy. But now, when it comes down to what am I supposed to do? Now I have to take a more personal approach. Kind of get up in your face a little bit. You know, <clears throat> this idea of words being violence, I've thought about this one a lot, and it's like, it's like the only words that are violence to these people are ones that used against them. Then those words are violence, but they can use violence and it's supposed to be just words. It's amazing. You just look at this stuff and you, wow, these people, they, they are really something. Anyway, not really. Because the only one who would make it worth or make it personal with you when it comes to words, if you hear words and you feel hit by something, let me give you a little hint. It's not a person hitting you. Because, I mean, those words could be read out of a megaphone. They could be on a tape. They could be on a file. They could be written down on a cave wall. If words offend you, it's not the words that you're reading. It's the spirit behind them. So let me just state it again. This idea of words being violence, it's not really, no. The only thing that can make it personal with you, if it's just words, if it's just hearing words or reading words, because there's words are just words, right? But if it becomes personal with you, then you're dealing with the spirit, the spirit of the words. And there are good words and good spirits, and there are bad words and there are bad spirits. So here on out, since we're in the, what am I supposed to do? And this one used to be just a simple, get up off the couch what are you doing there? Turn that TV off. You're not going to learn nothing watching that boob tube. Get outside. Get the stink blowed off of you. If this keeps up, I mean, everybody's sitting in watching the television. We're going to have a country full of people with wide, soft asses, even wider, softer heads. Yeah, see, I got the whole thing out. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, that's what this used to be, but this is getting bigger now. And let me tell you why. I, the Anomic Ranger, of, on my own podcast, I hereby decree that this section of the enemy patrol shall be a place of preaching. For here I shall take on the role of a preacher. Let me tell you why. I grew up listening to preachers. I grew up in a pretty much a Pentecostal tent meeting atmosphere. I heard all the preaching. Let me tell you about preaching. Preaching is pretty general, but preaching can also get pretty specific. And when somebody's preaching against you, you know, this whole idea about <laughs> words or violence, oh my goodness, then every preacher has a machine gun because, man, he's just spouting out the words. And I'll tell you something else, too. Preachers speak in generalities pretty much of wisdom but they also speak in the word of almighty god so 
you they might not tell you exactly but then they'll read something from the bible that's pretty specific and by the time they're done man they got you so I think in this section right now, let's take these words like we're sitting in a pew and I'm speaking from the front, giving out general wisdom for personal accountability. And that's really what I want to go after is this pers- a concept of personal accountability. It's like, what are you going to do? And that's just the whole thing. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Personal accountability has been under attack. Collectivism. That's what's in favor now. You don't take anything personally. You don't take responsibility for anything. It's the collective. It's society. If you have an issue, well, it's society's fault. I think it's time we took our medicine on this. Because this is what's destroying us. Because it started out, well, society, and let's all figure out society. And so everybody was pretty much standing around going, yeah, let's figure out society, you know. And there's whole the concept of race and the concept of sex and the concept of, you know, male, female and the concept of, of all, all these different things. And okay, let's get this all figured out so we can move along in our society. But it turns out that's not what they wanted. What they wanted to do was completely destroy our society. They, they, don't, even, they don't even know how to build it back. They just know if they destroy it and start from year zero, that that's how you do a revolution and they want a revolution. Because a revolution gives different people a chance to take power over everything. Don't sell that idea short. That's exactly why these people are motivated to do what they're doing. Anyway, let's move along. Personal accountability. It's a hard thing to do. And yet in the end, we will all stand personally accountable before our creator. I guarantee it. You know, pastors have to be careful. And let me just give this to you as a concept. Pastors who have a church in an area, they have to be careful about how they, what they say to people and how they dictate to people. They're going to keep their... But there used to be this concept of traveling preachers and evangelists, and they did. And this is what I was talking about earlier with the in idea of um, growing up in a in a in a church uh, tent meeting type thing. Man, those those men they did not hold anything back. The traveling preachers and the evangelists, they their concept was if you throw a stone into a flock of chickens the one that squawks is the one you hit do you understand the concept it's like if they're going to start talking about some sin or something then they throw the rock and you know the one that squawks well it's probably because that's that's yeah that's the one need to hear the word but somehow along the way christianity got too safe they, got, they worry too much about offending people. <clears throat> it's, it's time to start taking more responsibility for how this world is turning out. You don't have to take all the problems on your shoulders, but let's face it, the reason the world is the way it is right now is because a lot of good people turned around and didn't look where they should have maybe 
paid more attention. <clears throat> anyway, I just want to say that we're going to take a look at something here right now. And I realize my time is, is my new format is ruining my time. But you know what? I'm just going to keep going. Because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the seven cardinal sins. Because I think this one is important for how things are... Well, it's just to get a baseline. Let's get a baseline. talk about the seven cardinal sins these uh the, the term cardinal means hinge so what everything else turns on so when they talk about the seven cardinal sins and i wouldn't put a big thing on the word on the seven except well seven is considered a holy number but whatever anyway it's just it, this is a good baseline <clears throat> the first one is pride and this one, you know, people used to really worry about this one. Well, you, you don't want to be too proud. I mean, you can be proud of your accomplishments, but I mean, just proud in general. But now, in our society, we have parades. Just think about that. They even call them that pride parades. What are they proud of? Really, what are they proud of? All right, moving right along. Greed. That's the second one. Well, that one's pretty much institutionalized, isn't it? I can find you movies about it. I can find you courses on it. I can find you whole concepts written into giant places of higher learning on how to really get good at that. Anyway, next pride. Lost. You know, this one, when you say the word lust, and the first thing everybody thinks about is their most steamy idea of what lust is. And it's usually sexual, and yet it's not really about sexuality. That's not what lust is. You can have a lust for power. You can have a lust for fame. You can have a lust for sex, of course. And you can have a lust for a lot of different things. It's lust. It's like you want it so much that you're willing to run over all the good things. You know, and the funny thing is, you know, the word lust, and it's, it's like this is something that's been thrown in our, in our society so much and stirred in so much. It's like, <clears throat> you know, young people always go, well, geez, you know, the older people, they're just prudes and, you know, and they just don't want us to have fun. And, and if we all just could have fun. Turns out it doesn't matter what generation you look at. And, you know, the more sexualized we've become as a society, and I've seen it in my lifetime, everything from the advertising to the articles to the movies to the, the everything, 
everything. It is everywhere. It is like a a monsoon of sewage. And you know what? I just was reading the other day that actually young people now are having less sex than they've ever had before. I don't know what they ever had before was, how far back they went. But it really makes me wonder. Now that society has completely been embroiled in lust, there's not actually any sex anymore. (laughs) That's amazing. Anyway, next one is envy. Well, envy, what can I say? Can you say socialism? Socialism is envy. It's based on envy. Socialism is based on envy. That's it. It's the gospel of envy. All right, what's the next one? Gluttony. Now, gluttony, this, you always think of the big fat guy going, well, it's not a bad picture, but it's not just about food, it's about consumerism in general. You just, you try and fill the holes in your life with things that you can buy or eat or drink, consume. Wow. What's the next one? Wrath. (laughs) Notice how everyone these days is so angry. Oh my goodness. Everybody is so angry. Anger is, is, is put in place of responsibility. That's the bottom line. It's like nobody wants to feel responsible, so you just feel angry that it isn't being done. You know, your life isn't quite right. You're not... You don't want to say, oh, geez, I was real irresponsible. It's like, no, somehow I, I'm being put against and I'm angry about it. Yeah. The last one of the seven, we went pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath. Last one is sloth. Sloth. No, that's, that's a good one. It's like laziness. Yeah, there's a lot of laziness out there. But you know, I can give you the hardest working man in the world. I mean, he's there first thing in the morning. He's working hard. But he will not think about anything in the world. Don't you think apathy about thinking is a form of sloth? Just just putting it aside, just pushing it away. It's just like the guy laying in his hammock and he knows he should go weed the garden, but, oh, just push it away. Just think about the sunshine, listen to the birds. It's a form of sloth. Anyway, be honest with yourself. Examine these sins. These are the cardinal sins. These are the ones that everything hinges on. These are the ones that you can... Look in your life and no, I'm not saying you should beat yourself up about it. Just like look at it, okay? The worst lie that we have is the one we lie to ourselves, right? And don't get caught up with comparing yourself to others in order to feel virtuous. I mean, God help us. We've had too much of that around now. This is virtue signaling BS. No, look at those things. I'm the preacher. I'm here at the front. I'm giving this out. 
don't you look around at your fellow pure goers and wonder if they're involved in pride, lust, gluttony, sloth, or wrath. Just look at yourself. Stop thinking of sin as fun that God doesn't want you to have. Sin is simply a path word towards slavery. Go go read those seven sins again. Go go think about them again. I'll give them to you again. And when I read them to you, I want you to see the chains that wrap up those that succumb to any of these big sins. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, sloth. There's nothing there but chains. God wants us to be free. And there is only one bullseye on the target he created for us. Everything else is not in his will. That makes it a sin. Anyway, just a thought. I see we're going long. That's okay. This is going to be a long one. I'm going to... Come back, and when I do, we're going to put this all together. Yeah, put it all together, Ranger. Where exactly are you going with this, eh? Started out talking about heroes and ended up preaching a sermon on sin of all things. All right, let's put this together. I started out talking about heroes. All right, here we go. Number one. Try to imagine a hero that has lost control of three of these seven sins. He has no power over them and he makes excuses for them. So three, I'll read them again. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, sloth. You can't really imagine it, can you? Not three. Maybe one. And I'm sure they've all, every, every one of them has done a comic book or a movie or a story about where a hero has a problem with one thing but not three. Okay, number two. Imagine a society so lost in sin, that means that not hitting the mark, that it hates virtue, hates the virtue of any hero. That's not too hard to imagine, is it? Maybe live in one. Number three, ask yourself which society would produce the most heroes, one trying for virtue or one that has contempt for virtue? Which society? Who would produce the most heroes? Number four, ask yourself which society you would prefer, one that produces heroes or one that sneers at and destroys its heroes? Which one do you want?
Number five, heroes fight against the powers of evil. Start by fighting the tendency towards sin in yourself. Put effort in. Then even if you aren't a hero, you will at least recognize one when he or she shows up. Number six, you cannot fight sin in others. That's the collective. That's what they want you to believe in. They want you to believe in the collective. That's what the people in charge right now, they want you to believe in this, this group thing. Okay? But you have to see the effects in yourself. That's individual responsibility. You know, I think Jesus said it best. He said, before you try and pick the speck out of your brother's eye, remove the plank from your own. That's what he's talking about right there. You cannot fight sin in others. They have to do it for themselves. Number seven, the role we accept in this, this whole thing of what we do in this, what I'm putting together, this is going to carry forward into eternity. I'll read them all again. Number one, try to imagine a hero that has lost control of any three of the seven sins. Number two, imagine a society so lost in sin that it hates the virtue of any hero. That's not hard to think about. Number three, ask yourself which society would produce the most heroes, one trying for virtue or one that has contempt for virtue. Number four, ask yourself which society would you prefer, one that produces heroes or one that sneers at and destroys its heroes. Number five, heroes fight against the powers of evil. Start by fighting the tendency towards sin in yourself. Put effort in. Then even if you aren't a hero, you will recognize one when he or she shows up. Number six, you cannot fight sin in others. That's the collective. You must see the effects in yourself. That's individual responsibility. Number seven, the role we accept in this will carry forward into eternity. I'm just going to let that sit. Well, I might be getting myself in a little deep here, but we looked at the world earlier and I quoted that one Bible verse as us not fighting against flesh and blood. That's people, but against spiritual darkness. I mean, Jesus told us not to judge lest you be judged. And I've heard that so much. Like, oh, you can't judge because don't judge lest you be judged. That's people. Okay, I can't tell whether... Mary Lou Simpson or Bobby Joe Yodels or whatever is going to go to heaven or hell. I don't know. I have no idea. Yet also he told us to judge what he called the spirits. And one of the things is say, where do they come from? 
and what is the result of them. And I see this now played out in our culture in real time. I mean, I, I, I think that's what I'm going to do is let's look at a bunch of them. Let's look at what some of these spirits have done. Let's look at the spirits of feminism, transgenderism, transhumanism, Trumpism, corporatism, socialism, etc. What, you thought spirits were like eggs, Sanaki from the fringes of shenanigan ready to darn your soul to heck or something? You think that's what it was talking about when it said the spirits? Maybe. Maybe what it is is the spirits are actually have been at work in humanity from the beginning. Maybe we're watching the spirits in real time. Maybe they're animating most of the moves our society is making. Did you ever think of that? Do you see now why I went on and on about sin and how you have to be unfettered from the concept of sin in order to be able to maneuver around this miasma of indifference and apathy? I mean, our society is being destroyed by evil. It's being eaten up by it. It doesn't seem like there's anything there to stop it. If you want the advanced and latest stuff on the defeat of sin, well... It's amazing. It's actually ancient. It is a giant and huge elaborate banner that somewhere along the way the church folded up and it's been being used as a pillow ever since. It's called the good news. It's called the gospel. And it really, when you talk about heroes, this is where we're at. This is the ultimate hero. This is the ultimate hero story. God himself became flesh. He became human. In order to not only live with us and like us, but to become us. He lived perfectly as a hero to the sick, the poor, the downtrodden, the forgotten, and yes, the sinful. The religious and the political could not allow him. So they killed him. It turns out, by killing him, he became the sacrifice, the gateway sacrifice to sinlessness. It doesn't matter what we've done. Our hero has it covered. From the highest, highest he came to the lowest, lowest he went. For each and Every one of us. All that's required is acceptance. It, it's amazing. It's like just the acceptance and willingness to transform. Do you see why every cell in your psyche loves a hero? It's almost printed into your DNA, it's in your spirit. The one God created in you. So here we go. What do you think of season two so far? Is it too preachy? Well, too bad. The world's going downhill so fast, it's not going to matter anyway. If you want to send me an angry letter, well, I don't know. It might get here. I know the Postal Service has this little saying about, about um, through 
night or day or rain or shine. I don't know if it says anything about the bottomless pit being open and and um, the U.S. mail is supposed to get letters through a plague of demonic locusts. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're... <clears throat> yeah, welcome to season two, episode one. If you want to get a hold of me, don't forget, you can find me at um, my website, theanomicranger.com. There you have to um, actually put your name in in order to comment or whatever, which I find is a really, it's a very dull place. It seems like nobody wants to put their name in in order to comment. But I do get uh, emails. Uh, you could send me an email to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. That's anime with an I-E, patrol hq at yahoo.com and uh, i usually try and answer all my emails um if you like what i write or podcast give me a good rating subscribe comment but um you know whatever is in store it doesn't we have to keep in mind that it's not going to be boring. That it is an adventure. So, what can we do? We can keep an edge on your knife. Uh, you can keep your matches dry. And remember, you have one life. It's a one-time adventure. And you really got to learn, learn to live it that way, so... Vea Candio, ¿sí?